under your butt. I'm of course surprised that a story had such an immediate and profound effect upon radio listeners. Hooey pleases the boobs a great deal more than sense. Woe is us! We're in a lot of trouble! In politics, man must learn to rise above principle. What the hell are we doing here? We are behaving the way a superpower ought to behave. Well, our behavior has produced some crappy results. What we're witnessing now is the failure of the state. It is a death struggle for our republic. Giving voice to liberty in our time. Jimmy Clark. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm playing it. Because it was a gift to me last night. Yes, Mr. Spotlow joins me on the Joey Clark Radio Hour. How are you tonight, sir? Good, man. How you doing? And I showed up at the News and Views get-together event, and you handed me an album as a gift. Yes. Yes. In the beginning, you told me. Yeah. You didn't have one. The album is Prince Controversy, and this is one of the songs off of it called Private Joy. Oh. I very much relate to this song these days. <laughs> um, but because it is a private joy, it will remain private. Uh, but alongside Mr. Spotlow, we have 84ers hanging out. You were at the News and Views get-together last night. Yes. 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 And you were talking like that the whole night. I was. Yeah. It, it played, though. <laughs> yeah. I, I, thought it, I thought it worked. And then also, who was at the News of Views get-together? Everybody was there. Everybody. Hey, everybody. Was Boyfriend was mm-hmm. there. Hey. Boyfriend. And he's here now. Yeah. I was there. To be in the studio tonight. Yeah. Yeah. How are you, Boyfriend? Doing wonderful. Wonderful. Good to see you. I didn't get really to chat and see you much last night, but that's no, all right. We, yeah, we had been there for a while, waiting on you to get there. Yeah, well, I have, you know. I know. Everybody goes and plays when they need to, but I'm here six to seven every night, unless, of course, I really have something else I want to do, and I play a replay. So this might be one of those shows. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? It depends on how the rest, you know, 40-something minutes goes. So, I woke up this morning, and I was a bit perturbed. I don't know. Uh-oh. I've gathered together the brain trust here. Syria, what do y'all think? No, but seriously, I was looking at, like, Donald Trump last week said, we're going to bring the troops home. We've defeated ISIS. I'm trying to remain calm here. I'm like, that's the Donald Trump I like. He's the guy who said Bush lied in South Carolina and still won the primary. He's the guy who said, we've wasted $7 trillion in the Middle East for 17 years. We have nothing to show for it. And then he said it again in a joint press conference with the Baltic states. Like, this is the Trump I like. Go, Donald. God, Emperor, Daddy, Trump. And then... This morning? No, not this morning. I thought it was this morning. Well, it was really yesterday, but it was this morning I was reading more on it. And I reacted in full force this morning. It was before I had my caffeine boost or got my stretching in. I'm a big cranky bear. Though. I hear you're flexible. I am. I can. I can. I can. I'm quite pliable these days. How yeah. did you hear that? I talk about it. Yeah, oh, he, he's kind of yeah. proud of it. Oh, okay, something yeah. about a spread eagle or something that he oh. can do. So. I can do the flying V in the dead bug position. Dead bug. <laughs> what kind of bug? Oh, I mean a, Cockroach. a beetle, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the spread eagle scared me enough. I don't think I want to see the flying V. So anyway, we get this report after Trump, uh, well, says bring the boys home, that there's another chemical attack in Syria. 
I'm like, that is very convenient. Very convenient. Because that's the one thing that gets Donald Trump going. It's like, oh, no, the kids are, are dying. The women are dying. I don't give a damn about the men. Why is it always women and children? Well, let me get out of the Trump voice. Why is it always women and children? Like, there's a bunch of dudes getting killed all over the place. We don't give a damn. Dudes die. They fight wars. They've been doing it since the beginning of time. But when the women and children go, oh, then we must do something. And it's not necessarily when a rifle kills women and children. It's not when a barrel bomb kills women and children. It's nothing like that. But when you use chemical poisonous gas to kill women and children, that's where we draw the line, gentlemen. That's where we draw the line. Apparently, that's like a very, very, very bad way to go. Oh, I know. You asphyxiate. You essentially suffocate from the inside out as your and there's lungs some, disintegrate. Some, and there's some blood involved in it. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Yeah. yeah. Ooh. Oh, I'm not denying oh, the yeah. horrifying reality of this. But then the answer is, I think, let's I drop think, more bombs on people. Well, but I, I think there's, and it, it sounds weird, but I think there's something inhumane about killing someone in that Oh, there faction. is. I agree. Because, I, I mean, you look back at the Holocaust. I mean, that's what it was, the gas chambers. <laughs> but, they, put yes. them, they gassed them, put them in gas chambers, and they gassed but them. But we seem to act like it's cavalier when it comes to, well, we killed them with a big bomb. I, I think We it, killed them with uh, rifles, with artillery. Well, I think, like, it, I think it goes... Chemical gas, though. It goes to, in war, it's just like a fist fight with somebody. You know, if, if I get in a fight with... You know, Seth or boyfriend. I mean, I've got the option to beat him up, or he has the option to beat me up. Sure. But if he, you know, snaps a pill and gasses me, I can't even fight back from that. I don't have an option. And even even if it is, you know, a bomb but coming if he in, shoots you from two miles away too. You can't fight him. You've got the option to shoot him before he shoots you. You've got Wait, that this is option. Like a sniper duel already. Yeah, I mean, you know, but it at least. <laughs> puts that thought in your mind you have a chance it's like the the raccoon right you know knock him out of the tree and he can whip all the five dogs or the dogs i don't know i don't know this dogs, no actually i said good, you said you know win. the raccoon and i lied there i don't know the raccoon and the oh, five yeah. dog story oh yeah you, you can yeah, knock yeah. him out of the tree yeah. my city boy size yeah knock him out john knock him out yeah you don't know that it, it's just okay and I'm more than willing to say my suspicious mind is getting the best of me. My paranoid mind is getting the best of me. This isn't some false flag. It just. But even before I go on, even Defense Secretary Mattis is saying we're still assessing the data until we figure out how we're going to respond to this chemical attack. It makes me think maybe it's not a slam dunk that the Assad regime did this, or maybe they can't prove it. All that aside, let's say Assad did this once again. Once again killed women and children, innocent civilians, so to speak, with poisonous gas that has been banned since World War II because of the experience with the Nazis. Very serious stuff. And the international community take it, takes it seriously. How do we make the situation better? If we bomb an air base in Syria, how do we make the situation better if we take out the whole damn air force in Syria? How do we make the situation better by putting more troops in the arena or keeping the troops we have there in that war theater? How does it make the situation better? 
because it's only become more complicated since the American people on both sides of the aisle, left and right, stood up in 2013 and said, hell no, Barack Obama, you were an idiot for drawing that red line in the first place. Your advisors told you not to draw that red line, but you opened your big mouth and you said it's a red line if you do chemical weapons attacks. So it happens. The American people rise up and say, hey, 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 hey. Number one, where did you get congressional authorization to do this? They say, well, we don't need congressional authorization. All right. Fair enough. But then he backs off because, number one, the response from both sides is don't do this. It won't solve the problem. And you need congressional authorization was another argument. So now, five years later, the war is still going on. It has been brutal. And no doubt Assad has killed the majority of people who have died in the Syrian civil war. No denying it. He's being now backed by the Russians, the only other really nuclear power on Earth that could obliterate the United States. There are other nations with nukes that could hurt the United States. Russia could literally wipe us off the map and probably destroy human life. They're now backing Assad. You also now have a supposed ally of ours, Turkey, who's sort of playing both sides because the people we're also backing in Syria, the Kurds, to fight ISIS, the Kurds want their own state. They're an ethnic people, a true people without a state. They're spread out across Syria and Iraq and Iran. And then there's a movement to create their own state around their ethnicity. And Turkey doesn't want that because some of the claims of these folks who want a Kurdish state would take up part of modern-day Turkey. So, of course, Turkey doesn't want the map redrawn. So, Turkey is sort of on our side, but they don't like the guys that we're helping. They're very nervous about it. On top of that, with Assad being backed by the Russians, there's also Iran in the middle of this, helping to fund bases, fund Hezbollah. And so, Israel is sending in bombers to take out the Iranian threat. So it's complicated. And again, how does dropping more bombs in the name of human rights, taking out Assad's air force at the risk of killing Russians and taking out Russians, going to make things better? Oh, we take out Assad himself. Who takes power? That's the so, question. If you take out the known evil, right. who is the new evil that comes in? I mean, you're not going to get a good actor to come in and take <clears throat> over Syria. So, That's not going to happen. So I'm sitting here saying, Donald Trump, follow your instincts. I know the images you are seeing, the evidence you probably do have of people being gassed to death is horrific and nobody should be able to get away with it. But people do get away with it. Joey, I, I am a man of a simple mind. <clears throat> I don't I don't generally follow the news. Right. You know, um, if I hear about something like the, the gassing in Syria, it's from somebody who was upset about it on one of my Facebook friends. Like me. Yeah. yeah. So I don't. Why are we always protecting everybody else? That's my thought. I guess the idea is some of it, I think, is you can take the cynical point of view of ulterior motives. Where people want advantage in a certain region for economic gain or whatever else, sort of push back Iran in this long war between them and Israel. There's that sort of cynical play, geopolitical play. And then there are a lot of people who I believe are uh, very idealistic, 
the United States stands for human rights. We're the guarantor of the international system, the UN and the Charter on Human Rights. This thing where chemical weapons are outlawed is an international agreement. So there are people saying the United States, you hear it all the time, the United States must lead. And I think that's where it comes from, is this, we have the correct universal values, and by hook or by crook, even if a few eggs get broken, we're going to make sure they are protected in the world. Now, of course, these people who are idealistic, and even the people who are cynical, get very realistic very quickly when you talk about, say, human rights abuses in China, human rights abuses in Saudi Arabia, human rights abuses even in this country that we don't talk about. Not to say that all the things I just mentioned are equivalent, of course not. But it, I agree with you, and I thought, and I think a lot of people who voted for Donald Trump thought that when he said America first, and, you know, I'm very cynical about all this stuff, but I remember Perry Hooper sitting in here, and I was on Barron's show on News and Views. I stopped by early, and they're like, Joey isn't going to vote because he, you know, has decided to be a politically celibate in that manner. Not absolutely, I'm not a priest, not a Roman Catholic priest, not actually celibate, just politically celibate. And so Perry convinced Joey, well, Joey, Trump make, wants to make America, you know, great again. Trump wants to make America safe again. I'm like, I wanted to say it to him then. I'm saying now, stop it with the bumper sticker logic. Good God. But if we're going to at least live up to our bumper sticker logic, America first. I, we thought this was the foreign policy. No more nation building. No more entwining us in what looks like the beginning of how World War I started. With multiple nations, with their allies, sort of sleepwalking into a bigger conflict. So, Donald Trump, follow your instincts. You can't just order military strikes based on your emotions. And hopefully he is listening to his advisors. So I woke up and that's what I was thinking about, because I read about it. And, you know, the, the Middle East has been a mess since, I guess, uh, what was it, the League of Nations started. And yeah, they, it was after the fall of the Ottoman Empire. And they divided. Yeah. Because those people, and this this is where, I mean, be you a Christian or not, get your Bible out and read. That area of the world has been clannish for a minimum of 5,000 years. And throughout most of its history, it's only been governed in sort of a standardized way through some sort of empire. They were, I mean, you, you go through all the ice, the Amorites and the... Ancient Je Persians. Jezites and and, the, and you, you got all that. You got the Babylonians, the Persians, the Assyrians. And, and it, that whole region of the world was about who is the strongest, the biggest military power took over. And they had control of the region... Never completely, and sometimes more than military. Too. Never stomped, dominance. yeah, and never stomped out the entirety of the Philistines. But you beat them down to the point that they were subject to the people that were running the show. And when they put them inside borders and said, "Okay, Turkey, here's yours. Israel, here's yours." Iran, here's yours. Iraq, here's yours. Well, when you draw that line off, you've got clans within those lines and so they're fighting amongst one another yeah it's it's terrible 
that Terrible. was the worst thing they ever could have done. Need to just let them people be and let them. I mean, they're savages and let them fight. Let them fight. Fight it out. And whoever's in control is in control. Well, then here's the sad. And then with the 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 discovery of fossil fuels and oil, <clears throat> these cats that was running around with rocks killing each other, all of a sudden they have money. They can buy bombs to lob but, at each other. But here's here's the the real tragedy: is a place like Syria, it is and has been since the seventies run by brutes and savages. But a lot of the people, and this is what breaks my heart, uh, who are fighting back, who did the fighting, maybe have done some of the dying, were very, for lack of a better word, maybe we need a better one, westernized professionals who had privileged lives, who had amazing lives who were, you know, connoisseurs of modern culture and society. And they try to speak out, and this is what happens with Assad taking them on. But uh, it reminds me of something John Quincy Adams said, America is the well-wisher of the world, but we will not go abroad in search of monsters to slay. Now, maybe and that was I the foreign think- policy for that time, but I think America has gone too far in thinking I, we can yeah. right. Whenever you start thinking, from a Christian perspective, whenever you start saying that we will eliminate all suffering and evil in the world, is that actually a Christian perspective? And that's not our job. But it seems to be what we're trying to accomplish, going back to what Boyfriend said. Hmm. You know, why is it, and, and I'm not being coarse or uh, about this, but... Why do we care what's going on in Syria? I mean, honestly, why is it our responsibility, not that we don't care, maybe we do care, but why is it our responsibility to protect the people of Syria? What did we do as Americans when the crown was subjecting us to taxes that we didn't think we should pay, we rose up against the crown and declared ourselves independent. Well, well, here's, I mean, that's what we did. Right. Why do these people then, not do that? But there were support from outside empires. Um, yes, it is. And, and, and support but, is one thing. But you'll but, get two arguments. You'll get, like I've already gone over, the idealistic human rights, we can't let this happen. This is just a, a crossing a red line. The other is more complicated in geopolitical ramifications. Like, you can't let Iran, now that they have influence in Iraq and the capital in Baghdad, you can't let them have all sorts of control in a country right to the north of Israel. That's one perspective. I think Israel can take care of themselves for the most part. We've given them enough weapons to do that. Well, they've bought enough with money we've lent, and then they made money, and it's complicated. (laughs) (sighs) But that's what I was thinking about uh, earlier today, right when I woke up. And then um, uh, listened to folks talk about fishing. It was good. Was that when you posted the picture on Instagram of your your before caffeine face? Yeah, actually, yeah. I was was even before I read the article. That was Joey, like, barely lucid. Uh, Like, uh, I I thought I looked good for just waking up, if I could be modest about it. (laughs) What do you think, man, boyfriend? Uh, no, I'm, tell me. I'm not, no, it's come it's, on. Why? Well, it's it's not much different from the way he looks right now. Right, and my hair's just and, pulled back. Yeah, yeah. You're not a morning like person. Squinty eyed. Well, I'm it's, more and more a morning person. Well, Getting up early, 
going to bed at a regular time. I am. I get up and I'm ready to run. I'm really? Like, it's right when I get up, me and my kid, we're like, boom. And she's like, hey, dad, dad. And I'm like, all right, let's go. I didn't meet your lovely daughter. Yeah. What do you think? Yes, sir. Yeah. She's cute, man. Yeah. She's awesome, man. Well, and she actually said hi. Yeah, yeah and on the way uh, there, I got her to say your name. She said it first try. Yeah. So I was hoping, I, and you heard her say it. I, I mean, did. Isn't it cute? It was adorable. Oh. It melted my heart. Yeah. <laughs> well, and then later in the day, I was thinking about, oh, I thought about you giving me that album. Thank you so much for Controversy. <laughs> You're cool, man. And what did you think about the, po- like the poster? Yeah, the poster. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, I still, even though I've like been a big Prince fan since I was a sophomore <laughs> in high school, there's still some things that dude did. <laughs> Little odd. Yeah, where I'm like, I could look like that. Can I have this? <laughs> Please don't. Can, can I? Please well, don't. No, no, I'm not. Uh, so, so if we come over to the house, we're not going to see Prince on the wall. No, in that's going to be in kept in the uh, vinyl sleeve bathroom. Right. Well, no, actually, it's, it's, it's tacked to the ceiling above his bed. No, no, it's above the tub. Yeah. Oh, Lord. What they're describing, folks, is essentially a poster of Prince in a Speedo. In the shower. In the shower. It was the early 80s. No, he told his band at the time. I, why I know this, I don't know. Uh, he told his band at the time, we're each going to personify different things. He was a big fan of Sly and the Family Stone. I have people of different races and uh, different genders, different sex. And so he told the band, I am going to personify sex in all its androgyny and every single way. Number one, because it'll make it's what I'm about. The dude, his father took him to where he worked. And his father was a piano player, worked in like strip clubs, burlesque clubs. And his mom was, I think, a little bit nuts and he found her like uh, dime romance novels. Not dumb romance novels. (laughs) They're her dime romance novels and started reading them when he was very young. So he had this already kind of amped up view of sex. So he's like, I'm going to present just pure sex as a front man. And you can go back to, like, David Bowie and David Lee Roth. And, I mean, rock and roll was that. Uh, so in that era, especially, like, the Dirty Mind Controversy era, it was, oh, like, it's a bit much. But you should see the Love Sexy cover. Oh, the bad. Yeah, he's, I mean, you don't see anything, like a, a careful placement of the leg. But he's, like, laying on clouds, <laughs> and he's completely naked. It's like, oh, my. I'll never oh. forget them butt cheeks. Oh, those pants! Oh, yeah, the butt cheeks, man. Yeah, that. Anyway, these aren't the reasons I like Prince. I like the. I like the bass. I like the funk, and the cymbal. The cymbal. Nah, he's, he's, he's a drum beats are pretty straightforward, but that's that bass mm-hmm. and those those poppy tunes. It's good. It gets me. Then this song, for, in particular, "Private Joy," is a great workout song. Wake up. It's not really Olivia Newton-John because it's Prince, but it kind of reminds me of that "Let's Get Physical" video. Or buddies in those like what are what are those leotard? No, it's not a leotard. What are those called? You know, let's get physical, right? Eighty four. Yeah. No. I mean, that, what, what are those outfits they're wearing? Yeah, it's leotard. It's a leotard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can. I don't actually wear a yeah, leotard. Leotard with <laughs> the <laughs> leggings. The... But if I just close my eyes and put this song, no, on... no, you wear yoga pants. You don't. Wear I don't a wear yoga like pants. Half a leotard. Right. But I just imagine wearing a leotard when the song comes on. I know what you're talking about because they had like the straps that went below your your feet. Right. It just didn't have the toes in it. It would be like 
I just I'm imagining myself doing a dancer size class with a bunch of just women who are kins. With like big, Fourth of July, baby. Big hair. <laughs> big yeah, hair. big hair. Huge hair. Uh, yeah. And neon little ankle things uh, in it. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Headband. Got to have the headband. Yeah. And it's got to be like neon green, pink, yellow. There you go. Thank you all for bearing with me, though, when I, I had the serious topic. I had to get it out there. Donald Trump, stick to your guns, don't use the guns. Uh, and then later in the day, I think it was about uh, 30, 31 minutes ago, I started thinking about rusty cars for some reason. I'm not <laughs> sure why. We'll be right back. <laughs> Welcome back. You're listening to the Joey Clark Radio Hour. Yes, the album of the day is Controversy by Prince, 1981. It is the album of the day because this gentleman right across from me, Mr. Seth Spotlow, gave it to me as a gift. And this is called Let's Work, this particular song. This is what I like about the bass. I like the bass. And he's playing it, right? Yeah, I'm playing everything. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. It's actually not that tough to play, if you know it. Uh, but then the high falsetto, I don't think I can pull that off. Not too many people can. Yeah, but it's fierce. Yeah, it's like, groovy, man. I it's like weird. It like, like boyfriend. You're you're a large man. You're tall. You're yeah. you're a broad guy. Uh, I'm about average, kind of six foot. If I really worked out, I get to like one seventy five. This dude was like five foot, like five two at the highest. Not not you, eighty four Prince. Uh, <laughs> unless you've shrunk recently, I would hate that. Need drink more milk, you nope. dairy farmer. But uh, no, because this dude was like five two at the tallest, and I don't know how much the guy weighed. He could say stuff. I think normal guys and large men cannot say. That sort of like very forward, fierce thing. It's like the guy's so feminine. Like he gets away with it's the dandy trick. Like in the last song I played, he said, I strangled Valentino. You've been mine ever since. Uh, Valentino was a famous film actor who kind of was known for being what they called a dandy. He was very uh, effeminate and wore all these absurd, very over the top clothes. But then in the middle of the movie, he would also like. Smack somebody around. I mean, we're talking like, I think, the 20s, 30s. So it was back when, you know, men were still like, shut up, honey. Ah, I talk how I want to. I smack who I want to. <laughs> what do you mean, back when? Oh, hey. <laughs> we know your real name. To the moon. To the moon. <laughs> but I wanted to ask uh, you, boyfriend, and you, Mr. Spotlow, and you can join in with questions if you like, 84. Because y'all have known each other for how long? What are we, 34 now? I'm 35. Uh, 20 years? 20 years? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So do you remember 
when you first met, or is this such a long friendship that it's, it almost becomes like an origin story that you start recreating? He probably knows. I don't remember. You know, rem- when did you it's, first meet? Well, it, it we kind of ran with similar crowds. Okay. I was I, shifting in between a goth, skater, punk, and going through high school. And he, he has always been this dark. Uh, yeah, I've always it, been this way. Yeah, it's, I, mean, I don't, he's always been that way. <laughs> so so he, kind of, he kind of mellowed in with everybody. And he's right. also a very personable, so he, he yes. can do that. And, uh, so y'all met when y'all were like 14? 14, 15, something Man, wow. he had like this Cheeto hair, or this cheetah hair, and it was like uh, a blue. Wait, Cheetos or Cheetah? Cheetah. Cheetah? Cheetah. Yeah, it was Cheetah hair, and it was blue. I, and it looked real is, good. What is, what is he, Cheetah hair? I'm sorry. Yeah. You, you've he lost me, me there. He met me after the serious goth stage. When it's, yeah, I had grown my hair out, um, shoulder length. Wore black all the time, and what I'm talking about is when your head was shaved. I know, oh, okay. But it, 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 something happened one summer, yeah. and I was like, "Mom, I want to cut it off." Mm. And so we cut it all off, shaved it short, and my sister has had her hair every color of the rainbow and then some. Mm-hmm. And I wanted something fun, so Mom bleached cheetah spots. Into my short hair. So that's what we mean by cheetah hair. Okay. Yeah. So I, I have black hair, and yeah. it was white cheetah spots. And then I did that for a There's week. <laughs> I had it like that for a week, and then a buddy of ours, Lance, um, <laughs> had some really cheap, like, blue hair dyes. Yeah, like yeah. Smurf blue. And one day over at his house, we decided spots needed to be blue. So we, wow. we dyed them blue, and then... It stayed bright for a few days, but then it was like this really pale blue. It's kind of, you meant it to be that way. No, I wanted it to be bright blue. <laughs> but this, it was, this was late 90s, so okay. it's, you know, it was cheap hair dye stuff. We yeah. bought it Spencer's or whatever. Manic and, panic, man. Wow. Yeah. Wow. See, I don't, I went through more the, like the, mama's boy face like the haircut i had was Mm -hmm. like what mom wanted she's like oh you look good with that hair well though i guess your mom encouraged you with the cheetah spot well well, so it's sort of she allowed it she allowed it (laughs) i think that's a much more Uh apropos way Uh mama's boy Mm -hmm. allowed it (laughs) and then i went through the like you grow the hair out but it's only in the front you know that that Arrow where all the dudes were like swooping the hair. Like, <laughs> I never went through that. See, I, I I had gone through where I just didn't care, so I let all my hair grow out. Yeah, and then I was in JROTC, and they were like, "You've got to clean up." And we compromised, and we did the undercut. So like, mm. I've got I had the patch of long hair on top, and then everything else was shaved underneath. Okay, and my hair back then was so thick that. You couldn't even tell that the underneath was shaved until I pulled it out. Oh, wow. Wow. And You're reminding me of something, though. I, I, we had one summer, my Aunt Kathy bleached the under part, the shaved part. So you had a little two-tone thing going So, on? yeah, when I pulled it up, it was black on top and bleached on the bottom. But if I let it down, you it was so, like I said, it was so thick, you could not see the bleached. 
Wow. And it, it, it gave me the option to be a freak or normal. Yes. Chubby Chris Angel. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> 15 years old, 6'2", 300 pounds. Yeah. Oh, you're... you're my, uh, my now roommate, Andrew, I've known the guy since we were in third grade, whatever age that is, I guess eight, seven, eight years old. Uh, eight, uh, yeah. yeah, and he, like, when he grows his hair out, it's like a white boy fro. I don't know if it's like that like tiny percentage of Neanderthal in his DNA. That's not a joke. He just did Ancestry. He has Neanderthal in his DNA. But um, he, when he grows it up, it's a white boy fro. It's pretty, but it's not formed. He doesn't, I've told him, use a product, man. Really, yeah. you know, pick that thing out. We've got a buddy like that. Yeah. <laughs> Lord. Yeah, he's got a fro. But yeah. he, it got so long at one point in high school, and he was able, long before I could, to grow a beard in high school. So he had a beard going, and the hair really long. He's like, it's into spring, turn it into summer. It's hot. So we had some theme day at school. I can't remember what it was, where we didn't have to wear the usual Catholic school uniforms. So he shows up. The hair has been cut. Keep in mind, it is that white boy kind of curls. It's cut the hair into a glorious mullet. (laughs) (laughs) And it's a little raggedy, like the sides are shaved down. Like that type of mullet. The sides and the front are very much shaved down, but the back is still long and flowing with these uh, curls. <laughs> See, I'm like imagining a Brillo pad mullet. Mm-hmm. Exactly. No, there, was, then, there was a wrestler that had that cut. Well, but then I'm the not, same thing. The, the, yeah. You know, like the, the kinky hair. Right. In the back. In the mullet in the back. You know, a big and old then, party. Yeah. And then. God, what's his name? It wasn't DDP, was No. 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 Uh, no. Yeah. I'll see if it'll come to my brain. With the beard, he didn't stop at the mullet. With the beard, he had big... He can't still, to this day, grow the mustache very well. I've got him beat there. I got the mustache and the soul patch. I could be quite the trombone player or the (laughs) trumpet player. (laughs) Is that what y'all kids are calling it these days? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm learning very quickly to... You have to create vibration with your lips if you want to play a windwood or a trumpet. No, yeah. It's all in the lips. I mean, people think it's the finger stuff. Nope. It's about that sort of thing. It's in the tongue. Yeah. No, it is not in the <laughs> no, What type of trumpet that. are you playing? My daughter plays a saxophone, and I yeah. thought I thought it would. You could just hold it and blow into it, and you can't do that. You no. don't do anything. You gotta. She's uh, like she had to teach me how to hold my lips so I could just goof yeah, off. You got to activate the reed. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, he shows up, and he's cut his beard into mutton chops. So he's got the scraggly mullet. The mutton chops, and because it's a theme day, he's cut off an old pair of jeans that's so snug that he actually, it's like you see those, the hot girls who are like, you know, have their friends help them put the jeans on. They're that snug, but he cuts them off into the most, again, I'm going to use the word glorious jorts (laughs) and shows up. We're like, man, you need a Bronco, and you'd be all set. (laughs) A Uh, jort? Is that a jean short? Is he related to 84? Uh, oh, he should be. Oh my God, your shorts are so short. <laughs> no, but he didn't cut those off. Like it, it was the cut off with the you know all the leftover threads and all that. No, but don't think I hadn't worn them before. It's better. I <laughs> don't think it's better I, if you cut them off though. You yes. buy them to where you can see your upper thighs, and that's a little weird. That is, yeah. <laughs> we, like, you're you're pretty pasty. Well, we, you're not we, tan. We did that uh, growing up. <laughs> 
when we wore <laughs> when we wore our Wranglers out because you would wear the knees out yeah. just from working it all, and then you just cut them off, and then you had the the frazzled. Yeah, I mean that's a real joy. These are classy, these yeah. are what manufactured. What kind of work were you doing? I grew up on a farm, dude. Oh, okay. Yeah, he actually he, he I was wrestling cows and he and can he knows his way around the milking butter. cows. I'm I know, not joking. I know, yeah. I know a teat. T e a t. Teat. Yes. I got in trouble for that word before. Yeah. Well, teat the other word is the official word. Well, we used to call my friend. I'm not going to actually finish the acronym, but he was working out a lot and he was trying to really train to be a track star at Florida State. And uh, he was very intense about this, like his diet every day and maybe two times a day in the gym. So we started to call him Totally Intense Track Star. (laughs) I just learned recently (laughs) of a thing called runner's nipple. Really? (laughs) Yes. Runner's nipple? Yes. It is a a thing where runners, apparently they run for such a a lengthy amount of time Mm -hmm. that the shirt... Wears on the nipple, yes, and I know what you're talking about. Bleeding, yeah. You've got Google it, and you'll see pictures. I'm actually not going to pictures of runners with their their tank tops and like bloody streaks down their their. Now he's he's not kidding, right? Because when I was in high school, when I was actually playing competitive sports, Mm -hmm. I put athletic tape over mine. And before I put my jersey on, because we didn't wear undershirts or anything, I couldn't shoot with an undershirt. I couldn't have anything down my arm. I oh, because the, the jersey top. would chase. And the and and it would. Yes, that's I what did just do about. that. <laughs> yeah, but you no, can't see it right now. That's audience, dead serious. And people, they laughed at me, and I'm like, no, <laughs> I don't want my nipples hurting. <laughs> I ran too. I just that cut hurt. the little circles out and had them in it. You know. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> now, boyfriend. Um, did Seth ever go through any transformations? You said he was always dark, but uh, th- were there different iterations of dark, of being moody and enjoying gore and violence, and while being personable at the same time? No, He's not like, not that I can not that I can remember. Hmm. Of course, I was out of Millbrook for I don't know six or seven years. He was married for a while. Yeah, mm. out of touch. That's like yeah, and so yeah, there was there was there was a phase that we have discussed off air, and that I was glad not to be around. But mm. okay. With, uh, well, I've seen old photos, Mister Spotlow, where you aren't rocking the beard and your hair isn't that long. You look pretty clean cut. Kind of freaked me out. Yeah, man. When I was uh, when I was in high school, I, I was. Like this, I looked like this, you know. And then as I got older, I started working the bar and got a little bit more confident. And then once I hit about thirty, I uh, I really found out who I was. And you know, <laughs> so I haven't really, you know, before it was man, I it was terrible. But I mean, I always looked like this. Art, wait, are you saying that when people say you can be whatever you want, you know, fight for your dreams and your dreams will fight for you? That's what Daniel Bryan's saying these days in the WWE. You're telling me Daniel Bryan is wrong? No. That, that you might very well wake up one day and realize I'm 30. All these things I thought about myself are just not true. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it just doesn't matter. Right. Yeah. Well, you move on to a different phase of life. Yeah, it just doesn't matter. Mm. Well, it's, I mean, it's too short to let stuff bother you. Have a good time. Think good things happen. You, know? you don't sound at peace when you're saying these things. I'm sitting over here kind of joking around and 
I am. It's, they're tough, <laughs> you know, but, I mean, hey, it happens, you know, good, bad. We talk nearly every day, and, yeah. and we, we balance... We'll go back and forth through our depression phases with each other. <clears throat> and, you know, I'll be depressed and he'll be happy and he'll cheer me up. And then, you know, two days later or next week, it'll uh, he'll be depressed and I'll cheer him up. And okay. It works pretty well. well and, alternating cycles. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. And it's the... No matter whether he's happy or, or depressed, he's always got the same outlook on life. Hmm. Yeah. And, and it's... You know that life is essentially good. Yeah, I mean, if take the good for the bad. You know, I, just, I don't. I don't think it necessarily <laughs> has to be that. I think from what from what you just said is if you've got the same focus, no matter. I, I I don't know if you go as far as no matter what, but if you've got the same focus, is yeah, it sucks right now, but here's my you know here's my focus, here's my goal, here's what I think of life, and. Yeah, I'm just in a bad spot right now, but exactly. it's going to pass, and right. you know well, yeah, I'll be in a good spot, later. you know, yeah. in a couple of days or so. But if you keep, if you focus on the, the immediate of exactly the the situations you're having to deal with, then you're going to be miserable oh, pretty terrible. much all the time. Yeah, that's terrible. Pretty I much have. all the time, yeah. you're going to be miserable because right. there's always something, dude. Oh, sure. You got a kid. You got a kid. That teaches you so much about life. Is it's always something miserable going on if you want to look at it that way. Mm-hmm. But if not, it's like, yep, yeah, we'll get through this, and on the other side, you know, it'll be, it'll be better. And the more times you go through those things, easier it gets. You get well. You get the. You have the knowledge that, ah, yeah, this happened a month ago. Yeah. It, this this too shall pass, okay. and, and it's gonna go, and and. And so it gets a little easier when those problems present themselves to you. I mean, I, I work, guess I should say. I get one day off every two weeks. Mm-hmm. In the beginning, this that was really, really hard. Now, it's not that bad. But that, right. that Monday after the Sunday I'm off, I'm like, whoa, I got 13 days. It's like building up a callus, like in anything. That once you get used to your schedule, that's your schedule. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I, I focus on the positive stuff, deal with what's in front of me, you know, and eventually something cool always happens, you know. I mean, it's good mojo. Like, getting you that album, I, I asked you when you first let me come up here what you liked, you know? And I was like, which one do you not have? You know? yeah. so I got most of them, and I tried to remember that. <clears throat> and you and did. I ran across it, bam. I did not expect that. And so. then it was crazy, because two hours later, the comedy guys invited me to do a show Friday night at GT South. So the good comes with the good. Yeah, man. It's Karma. Good. Yeah, good mojo. Well, earlier, I thought you were quoting the song Facts of Life. No, you take I mean, the good, you take the bad, and then you have the facts of life. Hey. <laughs> the facts of life. <laughs> I didn't know that. I mean, it's that'd be fine if you derived it from there, but uh, no, I, I just, it's just the facts of life, man. Mm. So y'all actually <laughs> talk. You're like friends that actually talk on the phone and actually, or see each other in person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, because I've <clears throat> gone through phases with friendship where it was like texting. I don't do that. Like, Troy and I are kind of like that. Like, when we see each other, we talk, and we pick up where we left off, but then we text. Like, you know, let's look at this song. I suck at texting. I think texting is dangerous, too. Yeah. Oh, well, you in, in, get in, the wrong tone or that's, finger. You, you don't... Well, what, what happens <laughs> with texting, and we've all had this experience, I'm sure, you don't pick up on sarcasm. 
There's you no know, emotion. You really have to know the person, yeah. The way that you say something means as much, if not more, as what you actually say. You know, I can say, Seth, you suck. And depending on my inflection, you know if I'm joking with you and whether to laugh or why is Clay mad at me. Exactly. You know, and that happens to me all the and, time. And that with texting, you just get the... I guess emojis have have helped. You can put the little smiley face on the back, but that's such a juvenile way to communicate with people. And I'm as guilty as anybody. I've got a bit bit emoji. Really? <laughs> He's wearing George too. It's freaking awesome. <laughs> it really is. It's not quite accurate though, because the one that I saw. <laughs> It, well, they didn't have. Oh, you had hair once? You were born like that? They didn't have. Boy, well, he was born like that, but then he's, he's, he's back where he was. I couldn't find the hairstyle that had me half bald, so I just okay. had to use the closest thing, and I couldn't find the gray, so I just used what I looked like in high school. So. There you go. There you go. I use a lot of gifts. Or GIFs, or what is the correct way? What's that even stand for? Uh, graphic something, I don't know. Something to do with graphics. I, it's, it's, it's like a graphics interchange yeah. something, whatever. Yeah, something like that. Anyway, it, you know, a short little We sound like we're sound. in the Senate. <laughs> 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 uh, those guys were idiots. <laughs> oh, Mr. Zuckerberg. <laughs> Man, that was the funniest thing, I swear. I, I just about wrecked my truck. Uh, this business model, how do you, um, if you're not charging for your service, how does this business model hold up? Uh, we sell advertising? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who's paying to listen to the radio right now? Right. Who pays to watch right. Most television. on-air television? Right. Yeah. It's Sounds just like, like you have a monopoly. What an oh, idiot. What? <laughs> Over what? Exactly. <laughs> oh, that. They're making the laws. They're making the laws. It just is. You know, you're back to my... They're to my 150. Oh, this is the thing that gets me worked up. Seriously, Pat Leahy. <laughs> Mr. Zuckerberg. Sound like Randall. <laughs> <laughs> well, Randall's got a few years before he gets extra gravel. And there's like, I can barely open my mouth. It takes up too much energy. Now, most of these guys up there in the Senate, uh, Leahy's starting to sound like Arlen Specter. I didn't leave the Republican Party. The Republican Party left me. Or you're just going senile, Arlen. Though that would be fun if we had a truly senile senator. Oh, they're playing. They're, 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 they they got to be. Got to be. Yeah, they're hiding very well. Take the medicine away from them, you would see a bunch of them. dead ones. Mm. <laughs> there would oh, be a really? bunch of them up there. I if do you took wonder the that. Away. I'm not going to name any names, but some <laughs> people that, but some people that have come in the studio, older, you know, in the prime of their life, whatever. Sometimes I'm like, are they on something? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And it might be something completely legal their doctor gave them. Totally but prescribed with totally like, drugs. No, they got special drugs, man. Them cats, they live to be like 98, 112. Oh, it's, yeah, you're right. It's actually, it's called the blood of the young. I have no clue. Uh, it, may, it may be. It may be something. Spe- hey, I'll tell you what. Now, don't, don't get me on a rabbit, down a rabbit hole right here. And Joker's pedophiles, child sacrificers, and... <laughs> All that kind of stuff. Yeah, they live off umbilical cores, uh, stem cells. Mm, I'm in my cat. 
last thing I want to think about is you on a rabbit with them jorts on. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, uh, we gotta we gotta go. Thank you all, gentlemen, for joining me. Thank you, man. Are we done already? Yeah, we're done. Uh, well, I'll, be, I'll be back tomorrow night. Talk to y'all then. <laughs>